The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Now we're off to Brazil today to catch up with Alvo Minerals. Listed in uh, October last year through a $10 million IPO, trades under the ASX code ALV, and it's trading at $0.35 cents for a market cap of about $25 million. Now, we're lucky enough to have Rob Smackman, uh, normally Melbourne-based, but Rob is in uh, Rio after visiting the project over there, and uh, he's agreed to come on and give us uh, an update on the progress with the company's uh, 10,000-metre drilling program that essentially kicked off the, the day they listed, and the results are starting to flow through, and there's some very interesting results that are coming out. So, Rob, just give us a feel for some of these results that you've been reporting of late. Yeah, g'day Barry. Um, it's great to be great to be on here and having a chat with you. Um, yeah, look, the results which we we put out a couple of days ago now were uh, the second second set of results that we put out. We're really uh, really pleased with how it's going so far. Some of your listeners may have seen this is the second set of results, and the main project that we're drilling on is is called the Palma Project. It's in the central part of Brazil, and it's a polymetallic style mineralization, so VMS or volcanogenic, massive sulfides, but very strong in copper and zinc. A little bit of lead, a little bit of silver, a little bit of gold associated with it. Predominantly copper and zinc uh, so far. So yeah, that's the uh, that's that's the latest news that's come out. And you know, some of those results uh, have been um, been quite outstanding. Now Palma, which is P A L M A, uh, when you hit the uh, the lists, uh, came with a four point six million ton uh, VMS style, one uh, percent copper, three point nine percent zinc, zero point four percent lead. 20 grams of silver a tonne, mainly from work done back in the 70s and 80s. So you were the uh, first guys to really give this a serious hit in the modern era. And do these drill results at all point to the scale of the project uh, increasing? The first point that you've, you've, you've made there about it being frozen in time for 40 years, it's extraordinary that we've been able to get a, an asset like this and put the first few drill, drill holes into it uh, that's that's been, you know, for, from the last 40 years basically. And yeah, the, the results that we're hitting so far um, have certainly uh, not just reinforced what was done historically, but certainly uh, appear to be thicker and, and better grades, especially as we get uh, a little bit deeper. And now this, this second set of results that we're putting out is really starting to push the boundaries on our on our resource that was that was calculated by us last year. And you know that resource was only inferred. We do think that this. Um, all of these results will help us, um, you know, upgrade that uh, into into indicated as we as we move forward. But um, yeah, look, the best the best hit that we had, which was which was in hole 12, 36 meters at one and a half percent copper and and nearly eight and eight point six percent zinc. You know, on the edge of the the known resource is a uh, is a fabulous number. And then the next section across, which is you know more than fifty meters away, was was eighteen meters at one point eight percent copper and and over ten percent zinc. So yeah. Both of those results were were quite um, quite key, and and certainly um, uh, have given us a lot of confidence to um, to keep moving forward on on C three. Yes, the uh, 
Well, that uh, current inferred mineral resource uh, is spread across the C3 and C1 deposits. C3 is uh, where the results are coming from at the moment, but you've moved the rig to C1 now? Yeah, so look, we've got two rigs operating. Um, we had kicked off a 10,000-metre um, diamond program. This was a couple of days after we listed back in October. Uh, we, we added a second rig in, in January, and it's we, we've finished our sort of what we call phase one at C3, uh, uh, maybe ten days ago, and moved the rigs to C1, and uh, that's so that's drilling's underway now, um, which uh, which we're pretty excited about as well. The first hole, we we hit some massive sulfides in it as well, but it had a very different look to it um, than C3. Uh, the, the massive sulfides at um, at C1 lacked pyrotite um, as a as a principal component in the in the intercepts, and and that that was that was different because. Um, as you probably know, pyrotite is an iron sulfide. Um, looks pretty, pretty spectacular, but doesn't have any any copper or zinc in it. Um, so having less of it in the uh, in the intercept is not necessarily a negative thing. It's actually uh, uh, quite positive for us, um, especially especially because it looks like the sphalerite and the and the chalcopyrite, which are the um, respect, respective um, copper and zinc sulfides, uh, were still there. So. Yeah, look, it's uh, it's a learning process, and um, you know the, the historical drilling that was done, it, some of it's still available, most of the core is still there, but it's been jumbled, and I guess all the best bits have been um, ratted away. So we, we think that um, we didn't really have a great understanding of the deposit before we started drilling, and now we do, um, and we're hoping that we're going to have those similar learnings at um, at C at C one going forward. Now, um, BMS deposits occur in clusters, and that's what we're seeing here. So we've talked about C3 and C1. Are there other Cs out there at all? Yeah, there's the seven Cs. Not very imaginative, I must say, Rob. Cool. <laughs> Look, we, we've taken on board the uh, the historical uh, nomenclature, and, and you know, we, we are thinking about changing it, but we're trying to think of a good theme. Um, maybe it's the, the nicest beaches in Brazil or, or something like that. But Great idea. Um, <laughs> But um, look, I, I think taking a step back and, and, and looking at how, uh, you know, around the world, uh, VMS uh, tend to cluster within districts, uh, I, I think that's the, the model that we, that we need to really have in front of mind um, because it, it's not just the C1 and C3 which are, um, are the opportunity. We've actually pegged uh, over 500 square kilometres on the same belt and we almost hold the entire belt. And I guess when we think about the district scale opportunity, which we think we may have here, um, you know, we can compare it to some of the districts in, in Canada and the numbers there are truly astounding. You know, tens of millions of tonnes in an average district in, in Canada, um, you know, and we've got all this ground pegged, which hasn't been touched for, for 40 years. So, you know, it's a combination of, Okay, we're, we're walking now. We're, we're learning how to walk with uh, and understand the C1 and C3 deposits. But in, in a very short order, we'll be um, shrugging the shoulders a little bit and uh, stepping out and then starting to target some of the other other Cs that we've got there. Um, C, C, uh, C2 uh, is not on our ground, but that, that could be potentially coming up soon. Uh, C4 and C5 certainly are on our ground and uh, they'll be... Um, They'll be subject to some exploration in the next couple, next couple of months as well. But beyond that, you know, I'm more excited about making new discoveries that, that haven't been tested before. So C5 and C4 both have had 
uh, drill holes into it with economic mineralisation here. So uh, they're, they're obvious targets to walk up to. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll be taking a very systematic approach to it. Um, but but in short in short order, we'll be, uh, we'll be looking to, uh, to drill a few of those for sure. Now, your exploration toolkit, uh, very different to what the guys had 30, 40 years ago. Just talk us through some of the, the modern geophysical techniques that are helping in this, uh, you to pin down just what you've got there. Look, it's, it's, um, that's the really exciting part. Um, I think we're, we're the, one of the first companies to be, to be looking at this project with a, a really modern approach. Um, so in 2008, a company called Votorantim, which is a, a very large uh, Brazilian uh, company, flew a, an airborne EM survey across the uh, across the belt. Um, and VTEM at that time was really good at highlighting conductors, uh, but not good enough to drill on. So uh, they tested a couple, but didn't hit any any um, any good uh, mineralization. What we did with that data was. Um, model it over the C1 and C3 deposits. And honestly, it came up with gobbledygook. Uh, we couldn't drill off the back of it. So it kind of proved our theory that that the VTEM was great at uh, highlighting that there was an anomaly, but it wasn't good enough to drill on. And so what we did is we got a, a fixed loop survey organised here in Brazil pre-Christmas. Uh, we did it over one, one of the targets, C1. And what we got was some an amazing conductor that was basically 1.3 kilometres in strike length, um, it, plunging to the south, uh, almost exactly aligned with the known mineralisation from the 40-year-old drilling, uh, but extending it to, um, down dip and, and certainly there's a whole new zone down to the south, which we will be testing over coming weeks as well. So, yeah, the fixed-loop survey worked appears to work to treat. Uh, we're testing it now with, with drilling. Um, but on the back of that survey, we went and, and have purchased um, a full set of fixed loop and downhole EM equipment out of, out of Australia, out of Perth, and are sending that over at the moment. And as soon as that gets on site, we'll be using that as our, uh, as our drill targeting tools um, as part of, our, part of our toolbox, so to speak. And I, and I think it's going to work. A, uh, it's going to be amazing. I, I mentioned um, the pyrotide that was associated with the mineralisation at C3. Um, and we know that uh, see, uh, the pyrotide is an especially um, strong um, conductor. So that will light up like a Christmas tree, I think. Um, and uh, we also know that, that C, C1 also lights up despite not having as much pyrotide associated with it. So, yeah, look, we're, we think it's going to work. And, um, you know, we're, we've, we've put a pretty, pretty big bet on it. So, uh, yeah, hopefully that equipment gets over in, on site and we can start, um, start testing it. What's the, uh, so we get a feel for it, what's the lay of the land like? We're talking farming land? Is it forest? What's, what's, uh... It's pretty much farming land. So if, if, you, if you put a pin in the middle of Brazil, you'd get pretty close to where we are. The capital city is called Brasilia. We're about a six-hour drive north of there. It's flat, flat land with, with some rolling hills. It's not in the Amazon. Uh, it is sort of farming for farming areas, but subsistence farming, really. Um, C3, there's, there's a bit of soy that goes on in the field. Um, C1 is more like uh, regenerated, um, you know, sort of scrubland. And, uh, yeah, so far we've had really good relationships with our, with our landowners. Um, you know, the town, the town of Palmeropolis, which is, uh, which is where we're basing ourselves, uh, it's only about 10 kilometres from the, from, the, from the drill sites, uh, is, um, is a town that was, has been waiting for, or waiting for a mining company to come for that 40 years. Um, you know, having having had the discovery made all those years ago, they they've been um, 
anxiously anticipating um, our arrival. So it, it was uh, a very different reception that we received to what um, you know what you normally get when you when you turn up to a to a new a new project. Uh, they were we were welcomed with open arms, which was great. Now, uh, what's the infrastructure like in that part of the world for a potential development down the track? Yeah, that's a great question because look, we, we, we've got some extremely good um, infrastructure. People always say that, but you know, Bitumen Highway to the town of Palmeropolis, we can drive a two-wheel drive car, any any car you want to site uh, and get on and to the drill holes. So access is, um, and that's all all weather. The wet season is just finishing up at the moment. We didn't lose a day uh, of drilling to the rain. So, um, and, and the whole time we accessed it with two-wheel drive vehicles. Um, so that gives you a bit of a feel for how, how, how easy it is to get to site. Having said that, um, there's five hydroelectric schemes within 50 or 100 kilometres of the project to the uh, to the north, to the east and to the south. Um, so, yeah, access to hydro or green power is going to be un- unparalleled um, globally, I believe. Um, and then, of course, we've got uh, 50 kilometres away, we've got a um, the major north-south um, railway line. So uh, access to to um, to train train lines as well, and of course Brazil, being in such a, a large and industrialised economy, um, there is actually smelters within Brazil that, that produce both zinc and copper, which we think will be our main um, main product. So look, that's looking down the track, but but certainly um, there's a there's a potential that we could have the, those um, you know have those metals produced in country. Which uh, would be amazing. Access to uh, hydropower equals uh, green metal, which is what investors want. It seems nowadays. Yeah, that's correct. Um, you know, I don't know if there is such a category as green copper and green zinc, but um, we certainly think there will be. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe we'll have to coin that phrase. But you know, we've got the opportunity. Being a cluster, um, the, the deposits themselves are about twenty k's apart, which gives us a bit of obviously. We'll have to have a bit of a think about where we put the plant, and um, you know. Also, will of course depend on on how we go with um, some of our uh, exploration um, over the next over the next six to twelve months to see if we find any other of the clusters. So yeah, there's there's some real opportunities to, to look at some you know sustainable development. I think talking about copper and zinc, uh, copper three sixty a pound US, zinc fell off my chair this morning a dollar ninety a pound. You're going to be happy with those? Yeah, really, and it's. It's uh, it's been a very strong year for zinc. Obviously, it doesn't get much as much press as uh, as its red cousin, but um, you know, equally large um, markets within the world, and and you know, hugely important for for the electrification of everything. So I, I think it's um, yeah, it's a great space to be in at the moment. One thing I've noticed over the years is post a, an IPO, some companies struggle to uh, broaden their their investor appeal beyond those that the sponsoring broker can. Uh, put together but i was just wondering um given we've got that copper market that zinc market and given the quality of these results the high grade nature and the broad width etc you've started to find some uh, investor interest from outside the camp as it were yeah look i mean traction is always a really important part of of uh you know new companies on on the on the market and we were obviously facing um uh, the challenge of being operating in brazil um some of my peers and you know, I've operated here for a long time, and 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 know the challenges that come with with operating in a in a jurisdiction that's not not uh, not Australia. However, you know, getting getting that getting that marketing across into the right sort of uh, areas, I think is uh, is always a real key challenge. I I do think that um, 
you know, Canada has a uh, has an amazing history of EMS deposits, and I think they're much more in tune with um, with these style uh, these styles of camps. And uh, we've certainly got some traction already from the Canadian market, but but I think that's that's a, that's going to be an area that we start to push into, and I think that um, yeah, they'll understand understand the story a little bit quicker than than what the Australian market has. Having said that, you know we've got great institutional support already from the IPO, having Sprott and RCF and and uh, Paragon as 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 plus five percent, um, uh, you know institutions on board already. So you know we we do think we're gonna we, we'll you know we'll find the right the right song at the, in pretty soon. Now the assay labs, uh, do you, uh, are you still waiting on some uh, results, or is it we talking about a continual process pretty much now? Yeah, it's a continual process. So, you know, the first thing that we did when we, when we got to site was start drilling and we, we kind of backfilled building an office and the core shed and um, all those other things um, as, we've, as we've gone along. And we've got a, a fabulous facility now. Um, you know, we're, we're dealing with, we've, we've got a facility where we can, you know, receive the core and measure and, and weigh and, and, and do the whole pre, pre-processing on it, um, cut it on site. And then and then ship it down, and we're doing any, anywhere from one to two deliveries a week down to Goiânia, which is about a seven-hour drive uh, with a, a dedicated transport. It gets prepped there by SGS, and then um, sent to Belo Horizonte for for assaying. Uh, look, turnaround times averaged about five weeks, and um, vary between four and six. But you know, we've had a really good run with with SGS so far, and um, yeah, really pleased with them. Now just to uh Kind of bring it all together. You're at uh, roughly five million tons in that part of the world. Given the great infrastructure, well, given the quality of some of these results, what what sort of tonnage, in broad terms, would people start, or would you start thinking about? Hey, we've got a project on our hands. Let's move into the development phase. Yeah, look, we've obviously done our we've obviously done our, our internal numbers, and and given the grades are so good for both copper and zinc. Um, and you know, basing it upon some historical metallurgy that was done, and and you know, a few um, a few rules of thumb, you know, the size of the project already um, would could warrant uh, development. But our ambitions are much bigger than that, and and I think if we um, over the next few months, and, and I'm not talking six months, I'm talking I'm talking between two and four months from now, we'll be able to start demonstrating to the market that there's real size and scale potential at both C1 and C3. Um, you know, within the next few weeks, we're going to be drilling uh, what we're calling C1 South, which is, uh, a, you know, a, a, an extension of the plates that have never been tested. Um, it's uh, it's going to require a couple of uh, reasonably deep holes, so 400 metre holes, um, to test those plates. But, you know, I, I've i got ambitions of, of tens of millions of tonnes um, for this project. And, uh, you know, I know the board shares that view. And so we're not we're not really in here for uh, for the four of four point six million tons that we've got so far. We're, we're here to um, to try and uh, try and build that inventory really quickly and and prove that we've got a uh, a camp scale potential. And uh, just finally, there was uh, a mention early on about historic assays. Uh, there was no assaying for gold. You're now assaying for gold, and is there any news on that front? Yeah, we certainly are assaying for gold, and, and that was a big gap that we found in in the data. When we when we got the uh, database from um, from the government, um, and look, they they hadn't assayed consistently for gold, and, and our resource consultants wouldn't sign off on any gold numbers. We we got hold of some of the historical drill core. We were 
our intention was to resample it for it, but we couldn't get any confidence that the the resampling was going to work in the right spots. So in, instead, we found the old pulps, um, the, the returns from the labs, and, and resampled that and um, for gold. And you know, we, we we were we were hoping to get around you know point two two grams per ton uh, of gold, and I think it's going to settle somewhere around the point one. Um, so a little bit disappointing on on the gold uh, side of it. But having said that, we are getting some localised higher grades. And, you know, these styles of VMS deposits are generally zoned. So it's about us getting enough um, getting enough holes together and, and figuring out if there's a zone of a gold-rich zone, um, you know, near, near, the, near the cap or, or on, on the edges somewhere. So, yeah, look, we're still not, under, not well understood um, and that still remains a real, real opportunity for it too. There we go, folks. Uh, interesting and fast-developing story in central Brazil, uh, headed up by Rob Smackman, as I said, Melbourne-based, but uh, just about to go and enjoy a cold beer probably in Rio tonight, so we better <laughs> let him go. So, Rob, with that... Or maybe a Kaikoridia. <laughs> that's right. So with that, Rob, uh, thanks very much for your time today. Interesting story. Uh, we wish you all the best with it, and we'll catch up soon. Cheers, mate. Absolute pleasure, Barry. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Cheers.